Tell me your story. Tell me your story. How did it all start? Do you remember? Oh, now what happened? How did it stop? You're now tuned into the Small Business Origins Podcast. I love an origin story. Each week, we dive into the real stories of entrepreneurs and businesses from across the nation. Who is he and what's his origin story? Who started with just an idea and are now making waves. I told you this was a good idea. This is Small Business Origins. Yeah, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Small Business Origins. You're tuned in. It's our nationwide search for entrepreneurs that have a story to tell. And joining us virtually in the studio is an entrepreneur that wants to do just that. All the way from Queens, New York, I've got Matt Labrie with 1B Branding, and he's also the host of Decoding Success Podcast. Matt, welcome to the show, man. John, thank you so much, dude. You, you just gave me a nice chuckle, man. I love it. You're crushing it, man. I, I do want to take a quick second and just say thank you for the opportunity, like what you're doing. And I mean, listen, I'm, I'm literally getting the chills. Like the way that you give back with this show, as you just alluded to before we started recording, is a beautiful thing. So I'm very grateful for this opportunity. Excited to be here with you. Dude, I'm just as grateful for this opportunity as you are. I know it sounds cliche, but it's like, being in the podcasting industry, being able to do this every single day, this is truly an honor. Like I never looked at where I was in life and thought one day I'm going to be a podcast host and I'm going to get, you know, 1500 to 2000 downloads per month of people that want to hear my content. And, you know, of course it's not me that they're here to listen to. It's people like you that I'm bringing in. They want to hear about these brands. They want to hear how they started, why they started, because there's such a, a more significant meaning behind owning a company and what you do. Like most entrepreneurs, I, I mean, I think it's easy for us to think they got into this because they wanted to make money, you know? And of course, yes, that's, you're not doing what you do because you want to just do it for free. You want to make money, pay your bills and make a decent living. But there's always an underlying reason as to why you opened a company or got started as an entrepreneur. And those are the things that people want to hear. Those are the stories people want to hear. And for me to be able to be lucky enough to bring this story to the forefront. It's always an honor for me, man. I love it. I never have a bad day in podcasting. It's always fun. Even when I'm rushing around with a ton of stuff going on in my personal life, business life, whatever else, podcasting is like, it's the the place that I go to where I know I can just break away from everything and be happy. And you don't need drugs, alcohol, or anything crazy. I can just be happy and get my dopamine fixed right here meeting awesome people just like you. So I love that, man. Heck yeah. Well, we'll move into the icebreaker question because that's what we start our show off with every single episode. Today's icebreaker question is what never fails to make you feel emotional? Dude, you're asking one of the most emotional men in America this question. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I mean, fuck. Am I allowed to uh, part of my swear word? But seriously, man. Like, <laughs> that's all right. I, I mean, I could be watching a freaking movie. And I start tearing up, you know, uh, in regards to getting emotional, I'll be honest with you, you know, man to man for a large portion of my life, I want to say 26 to 27 years, I never showed that I was super, super numb. And listen, the numbness served me well, but ultimately it backfired and I needed to start embracing who I was at my true core essence. I mean, you could tell me a success story that you had last week or a year ago or whatever, and I would probably start getting emotional. I literally just said I had the chills as you opened up this show. Like, I'm a very emotional guy. It doesn't take much. And I think that's because I'm able to connect with people. And many people are, right? Like, we're able to connect 
uh, on a soul level, soul to soul. Like, we're, dude, at the end of the day, we're all human. We all want love, you know. And when we're when we're able to like push the curtains to the side and really see into someone, like, you just connect with people on a deeper level. And I've been able to access that and tap into that and start to own it. Uh, so it doesn't take much to get me emotional, bro. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm the same way, man. Uh, I wasn't for a long time. I was not an emotional person. I was like probably the best first responder you could ask for because I would go into this crazy situation and it would be just so messed up and gruesome and not something the average person could see. And to an extent, I mean, I, I still do that now. I was talking to my brother-in-law the other day and he was like, yeah, man, I was driving by headed to work or, you know, wherever he was going. And he was like, uh, I saw this car and it was wrecked and there were these people and all this stuff. And he was like, it got me to thinking how there's no way I could do what you do because just seeing that freaked me out, you know? And he's like, so to be able to, to just turn it off and do what you do is so crazy to me. And so I've always been kind of that perfect first responder of being able to do that. And I still am. It's just that a lot of things hit me a lot different after I became a parent. When I had my first kid, all the way up now to my third kid, it's just, it's hard for me not to get emotional during certain things because you just always think about whatever it is, your kids or your family or your friends. And, you know, you think about the things that you see at work and happening to them. And then you come home and, you know, for me, the big one is like my answer to this question would be watching TikTok. There's certain audio I can hear and immediately I'm already emotional because I just know you know, when you hear to infinity and beyond, and then you've got like the music after it, you know, it's going to be a sad video right off the bat. And nine out of 10 times for me, it's a parenting video. Those get me hardcore, man. I just saw one today that I actually duetted on my personal TikTok, and I didn't do edit. I stitched it, but I just kind of had to, you know, finagle this way of stitching it myself or I had his video in the first five seconds of mine. And then after it was my daughter. So the the guy is the tired dad on TikTok. I don't know if you have seen his videos or follow him, but he basically just does all these parenting TikToks. And he did this one that said, when you hear your child pronounce a word correctly for the first time, and you know, you'll never hear them mispronounce it again. And I was like, oh my God, immediately made me think of a video I had of my daughter when she was like, I don't know, three, four years old, maybe even younger. <clears throat> and she was telling me Cinderella is a princess. But instead of pronouncing it correctly, she said, send Lella's a pensas. And forever, we just laughed and just loved that video. And then one day I heard her saying, Cinderella's a princess. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm never going to hear my little late late say, send Lella is a princess again. Like, th that's it. That's the end. So when I saw his video today, straight up emotional, had to make a video about it. TikTok gets me every time. But you're right, bro. I'm with you like movies tv shows all that stuff stuff happens yeah. on it i get invested into those characters i'm an empath and then i just i feel all that emotion and then i look over at my wife and she's just like cold and heartless and just <laughs> not crying at all or tearing up or anything and i'm like bro how can you be watching this with a straight face she's like well it's fake or it's not you know my family or my friends and I'm like i feel for everybody so i just can't understand it <laughs> I love that, dude. And I think that's a really beautiful story you shared about your daughter. I mean, it goes to show the importance of being present as a parent, right? I mean, I'm not a parent just yet, but I mean, you just really reinstilled that in my mind, the the importance of it, because oftentimes I think about the moments we won't get back or more so along the lines of like, hey, like, you know, the present is all we have. The past is already gone. The future is not promised. But in regards to, you know, having children, it's like, 
you're seeing their evolution and you you know you had that laugh in regards to how she was trying to pronounce something but that evolution will will take that away it's like you got to embrace those moments I, I love that you do yeah it's it's hard man because again another tiktok video i'm telling you this is so the answer to my icebreaker question but another tiktok video that's exactly what it said was um you know what what your kids are doing today the things that are happening today it's going to disappear you're not going to have that forever like you're going to miss that one day and so the big one that i just saw was i think it was like a wife talking to her husband and it's like a letter and she's like you know there's chaos and there's toys everywhere and you know, the house is a mess and all this stuff, which is something I say all the time to people when they come over, like, excuse the house. We've got three kids. You know, I don't know what to tell you. And it's like one day you're not going to have that. The house is going to be empty. The furniture is going to be new. The carpets are going to be clean. There's not going to be crayons everywhere. There's not going to be all this stuff. And you're going to wish that there were, you know, and so that's just for me, that's the whole thing, man, is it's like the greatest joy. Yet another TikTok video, the greatest joy of having kids is watching them grow up the saddest thing in your life about having kids is watching them grow up. So yeah, you're in for a ride, man. When you do have kids one day, it's just gonna, it's gonna change you even more. So if you were already emotional, I don't know what's going to happen to you when you have kids, man. Cause for me, that's what made me an emotional person for sure. Yeah. I love that dude. I love that. Yeah. The, the closest I've gotten to that is uh, with my pup, you know, uh, I, I had, I'm sorry. I I was about to say I had him. Imagine I had a dog. That would be pretty crazy. I adopted <laughs> him. <laughs> I adopted him back in 2020 and watching his evolution. I mean, there's times I'll just be like sitting on the couch with him and you know, you soak it in just like what you're saying. Like he was literally the size of my hand. I, I mean, I'm, I have a rather large hand, but like he was the size of my hand when I got him. Now he's 70 pounds. And it's just like, where the hell did the time go? You know? And, yep. uh, Got, I, I play fetch with him as much as I can because it's like, dude, one, maybe one day he's not going to want to play fetch with me, you know, so uh, just trying to embrace it all. Hey there, entrepreneurs. Are you tired of juggling multiple platforms for your marketing and sales needs? It's time to revolutionize your business operations with Wingman. Wingman's an all-in-one marketing automation software. It's designed by experienced marketers who understand your struggles. It's a game changer. It combines the best tools to streamline your communication, automate your workflows, and grow your business. Capture leads using landing pages, surveys, forms, and more. Nurture them with personalized messages via voicemail, SMS, emails, and even Facebook Messenger. And close deals with built-in tools to collect payments, schedule appointments, and track analytics. Say goodbye to multiple marketing tools and hello to Wingman. It's your unified platform for all business needs. You can enhance your online presence, manage your reputation effectively, and cultivate leads effortlessly. So are you ready to take your business to new heights? Visit TrustYourWingman.com today and let Wingman be your co-pilot to success. Well, Matt, we're here to talk about you, man. So let's hop into your origin story. Where'd you come from and, and how'd you get into entrepreneurship? Yeah, man. Born and raised a New Yorker. I think it's safe to say, and listen, I don't want to sound like an arrogant New Yorker, so I will preface this by saying that there are gifts from wherever you are from. You could be from Houston, Texas. You could be from, you know, Paris, France or anywhere in between. Uh, no matter where you're from, there are gifts, and that is without a doubt. On the side of being a New Yorker, I think it's safe to say the streets are just filled with this hometown, like, hustle. You know, like, the air you breathe just has that hometown hustle. It's a melting pot here. You're seeing people get after it any which way possible, whether that means, 
you know, they're opening a laundromat or whether that means they're on Wall Street, anything in between that. Like people are just getting after it in their own way. And obviously that's developed over the years. I'm born in 1992. I've seen my parents take the corporate route. I've seen my friend's parents come from Italy and open up sandwich shops and they still work on the same street that they, you know, that they came here with or where they were working then. Man, so for me, it was just being exposed to that. And I can give you two different stories, but I'll give you with the I'll give you the real one or not that the first one isn't real, but the realist. I at the time was in college and I was working at my family's uh, restaurant. I, I refer to them as my uncle. That's what a lot of uh, New Yorkers do. We're not blood related, but they took care of me like family and hustling and grinding and really, you know, going in. Uh, I, at the time I had operated a hospitality business as a 1099 employee, which at at the end of the day, you can say is, you know, as a contractor, you are a a business owner, but it was even beyond that, man. I, I remember literally delivering for this restaurant, making a shit ton of cash. The IRS can't come after me because this was many years ago. So I'm open, I'm open to admitting that. And I'll never forget sitting in my car in between deliveries. And I said to myself, how can I work less and make more? I, at the time, dude, this is like way before Instagram sexiness and all of that. So, you know, the, the Gary V's of the world, while they existed, they didn't really exist in like prevalence. So I type into Google exactly what I just had asked you. Like, how do I make more with doing less? And in short, the answer was become an entrepreneur, whatever that meant. And in that moment, I'll never forget this. I typed into Google right after that. I said, what do entrepreneurs read? And it gave me, you know, some Forbes article or an Inc article, like the top 10 books for entrepreneurs to read. And the first one on that list was Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People. What did I do that night? I went to go buy that book. And I said to myself, you're going to read this front to back. Dude, I failed out of college. I got kicked out of two high schools. I didn't get accepted into high school. I was not someone that read for leisure. Not a chance, but I did. And that started the trajectory. For years, I was what I would refer to as an intrapreneur. And then in short, I believe it was my ego, which was in the driver's seat, which is not something I suggest for anyone. But my ego was in the driver's seat, and that ultimately led me to starting my business. So I I spent years working with Damon John of Shark Tank, and like I said, that ego just led me to jump off the cliff and try to build a plane on the way down. Another thing that I don't suggest, but uh, I had to live it to to be able to say that. That's It's an insane way to get something done, but... I don't know if it's just the ADHD in me, but nine out of 10 times, it's like, that's the path I choose because I work good under pressure. <laughs> so if, if I'm working well under pressure, nothing puts you under that, like just trying to leap into something and having no idea you're going to have a parachute, a plane, or you're just going to fall to the earth. Like you got to yeah. figure it out. And that's something we hear quite a bit with entrepreneurs is that it's kind of like they got shoved off the cliff and they had to figure it out and make it work. And that's what kind of brought them into entrepreneurship. But for me, uh, I'm guessing entrepreneur means you were kind of working for someone and in between becoming your own person. And and that's exactly where I'm kind of stuck at right now as far as, you know, I am definitely an entrepreneur, but I still work for the public and I still work for a good buddy of mine and business partner of mine with his marketing agency. And it's yeah. it's the same thing. I'm I'm in between because I'm just not there yet. I have not built the plane. And for once, I want to board the plane before I jump off that cliff, you know? 
Dude, I hear that, man. I hear that. I think that's such a smart decision, right? So I'll backtrack a little bit and give you some more context. I had met Damon John when I was in college, literally on my college campus. And I started as an intern, turned that internship into a job. And I worked with him for numerous years. But the company was so small. People oftentimes think Shark Tank, massive company, but that just wasn't the case. Did he have a massive company in the past? Yes. He had a $7 billion global seven billion of global sales with FUBU, which was a clothing brand. But as he transitioned and as his life progressed, he started a smaller agency, which ultimately treated him as the CEO as a client, which is pretty crazy to say. And everyone operated, no one had the same job title. So this is actually what I mean by intrapreneur. Like we were entrepreneurs working inside of a company, right? Like we all had our own divisions, our own tasks that had Mm. to be figured out by us because there was no one else. It's not to say that we didn't work as a team, right? I don't want that to be like a misconception here, but as we were working inside of this organization, we were really working on our own businesses within it. So that was, you know, that was a really good taste of deploying an entrepreneurial mindset within an, within an organization. And I think that allows you to expand fruitfully when you do make that pivot, if you ever do. But, you know, when it comes to uh, building that plane on the way down, dude, I mean, I'll never forget it. This was back in 2018. I didn't know any better. And it, it, it's like you said, you work better under pressure. And I felt the same way for years. But I can tell you right now, we also need to embrace different seasons of our life because the season that I'm in, I would prefer not to do that ever again. <laughs> I can feel that, man. It's it's definitely nicer to be prepared when you go into something because then yeah. you know what to expect with that. And, and we're trying to get better, but I'm not the only one at the office that it just seems like once that deadline is looming, all of a sudden we can knock out in a couple hours what was going to take us days, but it sure is nicer to take the slow route and have days to prepare or weeks to prepare and get it done versus, holy crap, we've got to have this by tomorrow. So let's stay up all night, pull an all nighter and just knock it out. You know, we're not in college anymore, man. We're all getting older. That's for sure. <laughs> I was born in 88. So I'm with you on the, the whole age thing. It's like once you hit those 30s, Dude, that's it, man. It's man. all downhill. It's different. It's different. It's <laughs> What um what did you build? What what plane did you build? Was that 1B branding? Yeah, that was so when I was working with Damon, I was essentially tasked with furthering the development of his personal brand from a digital perspective. And although there were physical projects as well. So for example, I was tasked with running all of his content. I did not work on social, I worked on the development of content strategy and the content itself. Um, you know, whether it be book releases or courses or webinars or anything in between, right? Uh, Email marketing, all of that good stuff. So while working with him, I really, I was like, dude, this is like awesome. Why am I not doing this for myself? So while working with him, I started to work on my own brand. I I mean, at the time I, I like I was blogging, I was doing whatever, like I was just trying to figure it out. And I think that's another thing, like just try, like maybe there's something that you love. I didn't know that I loved to write. I honestly, as mentioned, failed out of college, kicked out of two high schools. Dude, I didn't, care about any of that stuff. So I found out that I love to write through that process. And I started to like put out my own content in ways that talked about past experiences. Example, A would be how I turned an internship with a shark into a job, etc. That led to speaking engagements. And I said to myself, you know what, I want to do this for more people. And that led me to launching 1B Branding. And you know, a lot of people 
that I've come across, and I, I specifically service personal brands, whether it's a coach or an author or you know a media personality, any, anything in between. On the personal side of things, I, I started to realize that, including myself, a lot of us didn't know who we are, like who we are. And that comes down to our own conditioning and our own programming and everything in between of that. That's a very deep psychological conversation to have. So we've been able to help people start to turn inward and come back home per se. Like it's a homecoming process so that they're able to put out content in ways that allows them to showcase who they truly are. I mean, I think the the world's most famous doctor had said a, a beautiful quote and I live by this. He said, there's no one in the world you were than you. Don't quote me verbatim on that. And by the way, that was Dr. Seuss. Um, you know, like it, it's a very powerful quote to live by. But the thing is, if you don't know who you are, and you're trying to do what Gary V does or what John does or what Matt does at the end of the day, you're, you're doing yourself a disservice. So we've, we've been helping people for four to five years now with that exact process. And it's been a powerful one. Um, we have a good time doing it, but I will say, you know, season shift some days, I don't love it. Some days I do. Uh, it's a part of it. You know, it's a part of it without a doubt. It's a part of life. You have to learn that yeah. it, it's hard. It's something I struggled with when I was younger. I've had so many jobs. I've just mm -hmm. bounced from job to job because I was the type of person that I would get into a job six months to a year in. I've already learned so much, moved up, done so many things in such a short period of time. And then I get bored because mm -hmm. if I don't have that challenge, something there to challenge me. And it's the same old, same old routine where I'm just coming into the office every day, Monday through Friday, eight to five, and it's all the same. Or I'm going to sling pizzas or I'm going to work on a ranch or I'm going to work for a city. Like all of these jobs that I've had, I just get bored. So then it's like, mm -hmm. cool, on to the next thing. I'm out. See you later. And now that I'm 35 and I'm like, man, if I would have just stuck with firefighting from the beginning, I would be close to retirement right now. You know, if I would have started at 18 and then gone through the whole thing, I could be retiring at 40, 45, 50, you know, however young I want to retire. I mean, as early as 38. And then at the yeah. same time, too, um, I'm glad for the things I've gotten to do and the things I've gotten to learn because I wouldn't be where I'm at today without everything happening. So I'm a firm believer everything happens for a reason. Sure. But um, at the same time, man, if I could have just learned younger, seasons happen. There's going to be mm -hmm. some times that you're unhappy. There's going to be times that you're mad. There's going to be times that you're upset about something. Maybe you need to take a break from work for a, a short period. Whatever the case may be, get through it and stick with it and do what it is that you want to do. Um, yeah. But it's hard, too, because, you know, that that side of me that likes that new and fresh. I think the entrepreneur route could have been something I could have done from the beginning and then maybe been a lot further along in my business action right now. But sure. again, everything happens for a reason, man. And I'm just I'm glad to be here today. Oh, without a doubt. You know, everything happens in divine timing, right? Uh, and I, I say this about, you know, my own life as well. Like, sometimes we have access to something, but it doesn't mean that just because we have access to it, we need to act on it. I'll give you an example. I, you know, being in proximity of someone that is worth mega millions, he's on TV all the time. You know, he's traveling the world speaking and getting paid 70 grand, 80 grand just to hop on a stage. Dude, first and foremost, that's freaking sick. Like, let's call it what it is. Like, you're making 80 grand in one hour. Like that is freaking insane. Um, so being in proximity to that, I, I wanted to do it. I wanted to try it. And I don't think there's anything wrong with trying as I just alluded to earlier, but at the same time, just because we have access to something 
we could, I found myself forcing, I was going to say we can, but like, if you find yourself forcing something, it might not be right. And that's exactly what I did. I was trying to make so much happen when I had left my job. Uh, I was like, you know what? I'm going to speak all over the country. And I did, dude, I, I'm born and raised in Queens, New York. I was in freaking Fargo, North Dakota. The snow was over my head. I didn't even know what Fargo, North Dakota was before I went there. And it, I'm going to be honest. It was the trip from hell. I don't have a road manager. I don't have a team back home that's like coordinating my logistics. So, you know, I had to book my flight. I had to get on my flight. I had to practice my speech. I had to do this. I had to do that. Dude, it was an absolute terror of a trip uh, for numerous reasons, a lot of weather reasons. But yeah, man, I mean, like just because we have access to something doesn't mean that it's meant for us right now. And that's the whole purpose of me sharing this. It's like, Everything happens in divine timing. It's, and that was divine. Otherwise, it wouldn't have happened. And I get that. But, you know, in regards to like your entrepreneurial journey or, you know, whoever's journey that's tuned into this, man, like it all happens when it's meant to happen. And we can't question that. We just need to own it. Agreed. Is 1B branding is so is this something where you're kind of teaching us how to go the same path that you went? Or is this something where you're actually providing content for us to learn and to, you know, put out to the world? It's more of a consulting, uh, consulting service. So what I do is I work with people, you know, it could be one-on-one. -on -one. If, it, if it's an organization, it could be more than one. And we start to go in, it, it's a deep dive, right? It, it's, it's truly a deep dive. A part of it's psychological. No, I do not have a psychology degree, but I've learned enough to be able to implement and help people um, to get back to their core essence and create from that space versus create from the outside. You know, I mean, I'll be the first one to tell you, dude, I, I was so heavily influenced by influencers, right? Whether that be Gary Vaynerchuk, you see something working for Gary, you're like, you know what, I'm going to give this a shot. Well, okay. Yeah. To, to an extent you can imitate to innovate as they say, and that's fine. Like give that a shot without a doubt. But when you're copying verbatim word for word or whatever it may be, if it's not truly aligned with who you are, it's not going to feel good in the long run. And that's what we help people avoid. Like we, and you'll also be able to teach better or convey messages better if it's in true alignment versus some fake shit, you know, let's call it what it is. So we go through a deep dive process of, you know, uncovering those layers to see how we can start tapping into that core. And it doesn't happen in one session, dude. I mean, listen, I'm no miracle worker. I'm not, you know, I don't have like these magic hands that just like peel back the layers. If that was the case, I'd be making a hell of a lot more money than I am. But um, yeah, we peel back those layers day in and day out. We help people strategize from that point uh, from that point out by creating like content categories, um, depending on like where they're looking to produce content, whether it's a website, whether it's uh, on social, whether it's email, uh, whether it's a book, right? Like we we help people develop these categories and systematize from there. That's amazing. What kind of client are you looking for? Is this a something that's for these big multi billion dollar companies? Something that's for huge CEOs, or is it even all the way down to the small business side? Yeah. So we uh, specifically work with personal brands. That doesn't mean that we haven't worked with, you know, startups or, um, you know, brick and mortar organizations, but specifically we operate best within the realm of coaches, speakers, authors, podcasters, et cetera, when it comes to their personal initiatives. Reason being is because that's where my personal experience is. So I have most experience in that realm, but we've also worked with startups, man. We, we put together some really awesome campaigns as long as the brand we're working with 
can get to their core, right? Uh, we worked with this startup uh, called Rarecut, a fantastic company. They make men's pocket squares. Now, I'm sure you've wore a pocket square in a suit or a blazer before. And dude, oftentimes those pocket squares like fall over, like they, they're just sloppy and you're fixing it throughout the night. This particular organization, they created a patent, uh, patented technology that keeps the pocket square up. So we participated in campaigns with them that helped them raise over 50 grand from a crowdfunding perspective, which is honestly incredible. Uh, so we've dabbled in that space too, but we we really thrive in the personal brand side of things because that's just, um, it, I don't want to say easier. That would be a terrible word to use, but that's just our, our, our cup of tea. Right. It's not easier. It's just easier for you. There you go. You nailed it. It comes more naturally for you. Exactly. So how do we get started with that how do we find out more information how do i how do i qualify myself to even know if i need to talk to someone like you yeah man i mean ultimately it comes down to a few things like if you need this service it could be that you're launching a new product and you don't know where to start right we don't we don't discriminate if if you haven't put out a single piece of content on social media before that's fine or maybe you're on the flip side of that maybe you have and you're like you know what the content i'm putting out is what i had for dinner with my wife on friday night and that's not levered, that, that's not pushing my business forward. So people come to us when they're in those particular positions because they don't even know where to start. Um, and listen, you could be an author coming out with a new book. We'll use that as the example. Well, okay, how do I provide value to our potential community, our potential audience, while at the same time promoting the book and doing this, that? Or, or the other. So uh, that's a great place to start. Furthermore, I mean, I work with a woman right now. Her name's Nellie Galan. She's literally the reason that ESPN exists in South America. She's a New York Times bestselling author. She is, uh, you know, a top ranked podcaster. She's crushing it. Bottom line, she's crushing it. Multi-millionaire many times over. She could buy my life. Like she, she literally has that much money, but she works with us because the experience of working with Damon John, someone that's been so far down the path, someone that's been there and done that many times over could still utilize these, uh, could still utilize these services, right? Ultimately, it's just for people that want to further their reach. And sometimes uh, I could be the first one to tell you this, dude, when it comes to my own content, I'm my biggest critic. So I could use my own service. Like if someone else was offering this, I could use my own service. Uh, so, it, you know, th there's no discrimination when it comes to if someone's get, just getting started or if they're a multimillionaire many times over, um, but anything in between that as well. That's amazing. So are you pumping out information like a lot of other consultants? Like, can I go find you on YouTube or Instagram and see some videos that are kind of giving me those tips and tricks and hints up front before I even start working with you? So I'm going to be honest. The answer to that is no. And I'm going to tell you why. I utilize my own brand as our leverage tool. What I've been able to create, and that is in numerous different areas, right? And I can give numerous different examples to numerous different people. If you want more speaking engagements, I could show you how to do that through content. I've done that. I've spoke all over the country. Um, maybe it was forced as mentioned just a little bit, a little while ago, but I've been able to do that. We could help you with that. If you want to launch a book right over my shoulder, I have a plaque for launching a New York times bestseller. Uh, I use, I utilize my own Rolodex. I utilize my own experiences for stuff like that. You want more podcast hosts, you want more podcast downloads. I do that day in and day out, whether it be, you know, Grant Cardone or Patrick, but David or whomever I could show you how to utilize content 
to attract guests of that sort if that's what you're looking for. Uh, the, the arenas are all across the board, but once again, I utilize my own experiences. So if you're like, hey, Matt, um, you know, I want to create content to have American Express sponsor my next trip. Truth be told, I can't help you do that. I've never done that. So it really comes down to playing on my own experiences and I utilize my own brand as the portfolio, which has led people to just reach out and say, hey, how do I do this? So, um, you know, that, that's the best way to describe it. I'm not out there on YouTube specifically talking about this because I could stretch myself very far and very thin uh, with everything that I have going on from a podcast to a business X, Y, Z. Um, and I do dabble with some content ideas every now and then because, hey, you know, it can't hurt. But ultimately, at the end of the day, I utilize my own portfolio, my own experiences. So if I don't know what is the best content to push out, if I don't know what I need to get started with, you know, um, for instance, like, let's say I, I just had no experience publishing a podcast beyond the editing and actually publishing it. I don't know how to promote it. Let's say that. Mm -hmm. So I could come to you and then kind of explain what my show does, why it does what it does, all that stuff. And then you could give me a path to go down to know that, Hey, this is what you need to start doing. Develop a pitch deck, for instance, or, um, you know, create a social media group or a social media page and engage with your followers by posting this type of content. Like you would tell me everything I need to know, even if I'm clueless in this arena. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I would give you actionable advice. So for example, if you were like, Hey Matt, you know, we just started this podcast. We're having you on today. One of the biggest tactics that I would give you right off the bat is if you're creating clips from this particular episode and you're sharing them, what I would tell you then is to go on your guest page. And in this case, myself, let's focus on Instagram for the sake of this conversation. You post a clip of us from this conversation on Instagram. What I would then instruct you to do is go to the guest page, in this case myself, and engage with every single person that has commented on one of my posts. Obviously, that's a very time-consuming thing, but the whole purpose of that is to then draw the attention back to your page, start to feed off of your guest community, and once they come over to your page, and listen, we can't guarantee 100% of the people are going to do that. I, I make no guarantees, but there's a very good chance that if you do this right and you engage with them properly and they come over to your page, now you'll have instant credibility with Matt's community because they now see Matt on your page, right? This is something that I personally do all the time. I have a video with Mel Robbins, a very sought after figure in the personal development space right on my page pinned on Instagram. What do I do every week? I go on her page, I go to her most recent post or one of her most recent posts, I go through all of her comments, oftentimes that's in the thousands, I do not engage with a thousand people because Instagram will block you and furthermore that takes a hell of a lot of time and I will hit 100 people from her comments, engage with them and then bring them to my page and then what does that do? Let's them click on the link. Maybe they sign up for the newsletter. Maybe they watch the, you know, maybe they listen to or watch the podcast. Maybe they follow. Maybe they engage with more content. They engage back in some capacity. That would be one of the things that we would instruct. So it's not all about put out content, put out content, put out, put out content. Like there's back end strategic ways to grow a community, to grow your brand. Uh, and, you know, that's just a, an example. Yeah. Circles of influence are extremely important and yeah. you're a hundred percent right, man. I, I, I hate when I see like if I'm a podcast guest on someone's show and they don't send me like I do to my guests, they don't send me the stuff that I need to promote the show, mm. you know, or I just get an email that says, Hey, your show's out now. You know, here's the link to listen to it. And it's like, well, 
why don't you equip me with everything that I need in order to engage my circle of influence to start engaging with you? Like you, you want to capitalize on the people that are around me because that's the whole reason you're having me on the show. I mean, it's just like this right here. It's not that I have 10 million followers and you're trying to get some of mine. And it's not that you have 10 million followers and I'm trying to get some of yours. It's that we each have a couple hundred followers. You know, you may have far more, maybe thousands, and that's fine, but it doesn't matter. Even if I have a hundred followers, those followers are still important to you. That's still a hundred more that you can get. And that's the whole thing about being on podcasts, especially if you were just here to talk about your own show where it's like, we're just engaging with each other's audiences or each other's circle. That's it. Let's just trade off of that. And that's, that's great advice, man. I love it. I I think it's awesome. Yeah. It's actionable, dude. It's actionable. You know, at the end of the day, like I said, it takes time. Uh, If you could commit to doing that for 90 days, you will 100% see an increase in followers. And you could do this across the board, right? It doesn't just have to be Instagram, although that is the, you know, the place that I do that the most. Uh, it could be literally on TikTok. It could be on Twitter. Uh, and Twitter is actually, in my opinion, the easiest. Uh, it could be on Facebook, in communities. It could be in so many different capacities. But uh, you commit to 90 days of doing that. You know, it doesn't have to be for an hour. I mean, maybe people don't have the opportunity to spare an hour every day. But if you're looking to start growing your brand and you feel confident that you're ready to start attracting people to your page, because listen, at the end of the day, if you are ready or if you're not ready to start this tactic because you don't have content that aligns with what you are look like for example if you have like a men's group right where you know men are able to open up and do what they got to do if you don't have content that supports that and then all of a sudden you're starting to engage in areas on social media where you're bringing people to your page well you know it just won't be as effective so if you're ready to start that and you dedicate 90 days man you will 100% see a result Yeah, it's just like sales. It's all about the numbers. The more people that you can get in front of, then if you're capturing one, two, three percent of those people, you know, if you can get nine or 10,000 people over 90 days and you capture one or two percent of them, then that's great. You're fine. But if you're not doing it that well and you're catching 10 in 90 days and you capture one to two percent of that, then great. You know, out of that 90 days, you got one, two or three new people versus Mm -hmm. one, two or three hundred or thousand new people. So, yeah, I love it. But speaking of podcasts, man, so tell me about your show and, you know, kind of what you do on that show as far as who you talk to, why you talk to them. What's the message? Why should my listeners tune into it? Absolutely, man. I mean, I'll I'll bring you back to the the origin story of this um, back in 2018. Maybe it was even 2017, potentially 2016. I had an intern who became a coworker. And he's a very good friend of mine. His name is Matt. Man, he annoyed the hell out of me back then, dude. He was like, you need to start a podcast. You're doing all this speaking. You're, you're running around the country. You're doing this, that. I'm like, dude, when the hell do I have time to start a podcast? Do you not see me in the office with you five days a week? Most of the time, six, because I worked on Saturdays as well. Like, when the hell do I have the time for this? And when I had left my job with Damon John, that was the time. Because you want to know what? I jumped up. I jumped off that cliff with no plane. And I'm like, well, what the hell am I going to do? I remember the only things on my calendar when I had left my job was Tony Robbins Unleashed the Power Within, a speaking engagement in Jackson, Mississippi, a place I never even knew of before I went there, Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's. I had nothing on my plate, and I said to myself, well, you know what? This sounds like a good time to start a podcast. So we launched on December 4th of 2018. 
I believe we're almost five years into this podcasting journey. We've had incredible conversations with many brilliant minds that span many different walks of life. But the ultimate goal of this show is to help people come home. And this is where my business and the podcast align. Uh, I, I think that process is a process like no other. And we have very deep conversation in regards to how societal constructs have taken us away from who we truly are and have influenced us to want to be entrepreneurs or want to do this or want to look like this. And I get it, right? I mean, it's very easy to fall into this because at the end of the day, from a primal perspective, we want to fit in. We want to be a part of community. But the thing is, we oftentimes find ourselves in communities that don't align with who we truly are. And then we wonder why, you know, we feel some type of way, why we might be you know, depressed or why we might feel anxious or um, whatever. Like we, we put these pressures on ourselves, and we, we we're just acting out of alignment most of the time. So we have these conversations and the, the crazy thing is we do this with some really incredible business minds as well. Uh, are you familiar with Jay Abraham? That sounds extremely familiar. And I feel like once we're done with this conversation, I'm going to be like, oh my God, yes, of course I yeah. knew who that was. He's like the, he's like, the godfather of marketing and uh dude we had such a deep conversation with this guy and after his team was like matt we've never heard him like that you know so we do this with people that it doesn't even matter where they're from they could be athletes they could be you know the the most noticed business figure we just we just get deep man we just get deep and i think that's uh it's powerful it's powerful stuff yeah what are some of the books or the content that Jay Abraham puts out because I'm, I'm willing to bet in my marketing class in college, I've read one of his books or did something on his stuff. It sounds so familiar. Yeah. He, uh, he definitely has books out there and I'm going to be honest, I haven't read any of them. Um, he's known for his events, like people hire him as a consultant. He, he told a story on my podcast, how he, and don't quote me verbatim on this, but essentially how he brokered a deal between a very large car company, which I believe was Mitsubishi or Mazda. It's one of the M's. Uh, I know it's not Maserati. I could tell you that, but it's it's either Mitsubishi or Mazda. And dude, he's just so good at what he does. Like this deal was like done and then he got involved and like pushed it through between like an advertising company and this dude absolutely incredible work. Um, but he's on mega podcasts. Like he, his name is all over the place. Uh, specifically he's most known for the work that he's done with like Tony Robbins. Um, the work with, he, he's done like massive work with some massive people and, uh, people hire him as a consultant privately. I'm sure that costs a pretty penny. And I said to him, I was like, Jay, one day that's my goal. Like I'm, I'm going to hire you one day. I'll tell you that day ain't today, but, uh, it's coming, <laughs> man. Yeah. So, what is is the topic of this show to just kind of talk about how to get to the successful point like these people that you have on? Part of it, right? So what, uh, when we had first started the show, what I thought the purpose, and listen, different seasons, right? Different sure, seasons, dude, absolutely. five years ago. Uh, when I had started the show, what I did was I would ask everyone how they personally define success in the beginning of the show, how they once defined success and filled in the blanks right? That was the premise of the show. And it still is to an extent, but I don't want to say that that became repetitive, but we saw the pattern. Like, I think our community finally just like, they're like, Hey, I got it. You know, 
now what we do is we uncover more of the why. And I apologize if you hear a dog. This is New York City for you, <laughs> literally right outside my window. But um, yeah, man, like we uncover the why. Like, why did you make those shifts to go from defining success as X amount of money in your bank account to now defining it as whatever it may be? Like, the why between that and really diving deep and decoding that because that's where people are going to resonate with more or what they'll resonate with more as opposed to just, you know, hey, I defined it this way. Now I define it that way. X ha X happened in 2003. This happened in 2008, et cetera, et cetera. So we're, we're turning inward, man. We're, it's a turn inward. And um, it's, it's honestly eye-opening. It, it, it's really eye-opening to be able to create a forum or a community of resonance for, you know, thousands of people to just feel like they're not alone. Yeah. How many episodes have you published? We're about to hit 300. Um, nice. I want to say, I mean, listen, our cadence has changed so many times over. We started with two episodes a week. Then we went up to three, dude, I've been doing one episode a week for like the past two years. Uh, it just feels better. It feels better for me. Um, sure, could we put out more than that? Without a doubt, you know, without a doubt. But at the same time, it's like, you know what? What feels good? Like, let people yeah. tap into this when they want to tap into it. Don't force feed them five days a week. And listen, pe when people do, that's fine. You know, just for me, listen, without us, without you, John, the show doesn't exist, right? Like, w without me, my show doesn't exist. And as creators, I think that's one of the things that we have to realize. And even going back to our conversation before, like, if we're forcing ourselves to do something, tone it back a little bit, tone it back. Like we don't need to force. We don't need to force. We just need to know what feels right. And, um, I, I think we're this year. Well, by the end of this year, at least we'll probably be hitting 300 episodes, which is crazy. Yeah, man. Where do we find all of your stuff? What, what are your websites? What are your, uh, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, wherever you're at on, on social, that, however it is to connect with you, man, just start pushing that stuff out. I appreciate that, John. I think first and foremost, the podcast, Decoding Success, it's on every platform that you can listen to a podcast. Um, like I said, one episode a week, we have a lot of fun with it. And then honestly, primarily, I'm specifically on Instagram. Uh, I dabble with Twitter. The handle's the same. It's at M-A-T-T underscore L-E-B-R-I-S at Matt underscore Labrie. Um, I answer all of my DMs. I'm open for conversations. We have a lot of fun with just back and forth banter all the time. Uh, put up some fun Twitter polls every now and then. And uh, we have a good time with it, man. Yep. That's what it's all about. I've been, I've been on LinkedIn lately. LinkedIn's kind of been okay. my, my big one, I guess, because it is more business oriented, yeah. obviously. And well, there's been some really good about discussion LinkedIn. about AI. Let yeah. me ask you a quick question, dude. I got off of LinkedIn because I can't deal with the spam, bro. I hate it. I hate it. Do you encounter that on LinkedIn? Definitely people requesting, you know, I get so many requests per day about, Hey, we do podcast promotions. And sometimes when I'm feeling froggy, I just hit them back up and I'm like, great. So do we, so do you want to hire me or, you know, start selling right back to them? Because it's always the, we do web development. Do y'all have any overflow from beefy marketing that you would like us to help you with? Or we do podcast promotions. Let us get your podcast, you know, the top 100 or whatever else. And it's like, I don't want to be cocky, but I want to send a screenshot back of like top 5% podcasts and say, I'm pretty good with the trajectory we're on right now. Like we're, we're <laughs> headed toward top 2%. So I'm good. You know, I don't need your help. Like I got yeah. it, but definitely there's some spam there, but man, I just delete block, 
that kind of stuff. I'll get really good engagement with some people that I've connected with recently and it's just been doing pretty well for me. I love that, man. Yeah, LinkedIn's a fantastic platform, dude. I mean, the reach on posts there is incredible. Uh, I Like I said, I just personally shifted because, man, that spam, like, it was so different 10 years ago. And I loved it back then. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Now it's like, I still like it. I dabble. I definitely dabble. But ultimately, you know, I, and listen, I'll also admit that I'm probably on social media way more than I should be, but uh, <laughs> I kind of just hang out on, uh, on Instagram and Twitter. Yeah. I quoted like four TikTok videos in the start of this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm with you, man. I am right. on social media way too much. Part of it I can blame on my job because I have to be on social media, but sure. the other part of it is it's just when I have some downtime, that's it. Phones in front of me scrolling on reels Chilling. or TikToks or whatever else. Yeah. I'm with you, yeah. man. It, it's been a great conversation, Matt. I can't thank you enough for being on the show and going over all this stuff with us. I think we learned a lot about who you are as a person and and I think we align pretty well. So hopefully we'll be working together in the future and our listeners will see more of us in the future. I appreciate it, John. Once again, thank you for the opportunity, expressing gratitude for that. But furthermore, expressing gratitude for the project as a whole and what you're doing for business owners and, you know, amplifying their messages, man, like being a part of that is truly an honor. So I just wanted to say thank you. And you're fantastic at what you do, dude. I'm excited for you to keep doing this. Yeah, I, I can't thank you enough for the compliments that imposter syndrome gets to me sometimes. And I feel like you know, what I am doing, maybe not good enough, or maybe could improve no, you're doing those it. kinds of you're things. So it, words of affirmation are good to hear, brother. I appreciate you're it. You're doing it, bro. You're doing it. I love it, man. Listeners, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Small Business Origins. As always, we're going to have everything you need in our show notes below. So all you have to do is take a look. You can click those links, connect with Matt directly, his company, listen to the podcast, all of those things we ask you to do every single week, because it's 100% free. You don't have to pay you don't have to have him as your consultant. You don't have to subscribe to a show with a monthly subscription fee or anything like that. All of this stuff is free and everything you do means so much to people like us. So thank you for tuning in, giving me another download. That's one of those ways that just helps me out in everything that we're doing. It's truly appreciated. And we're going to see you on the next episode when we bring another entrepreneur from across the country. But until then, as always, that's it for us. We'll see you next week and stay beefy, my friends. Thanks for listening to another episode of Small Business Origins. I love an origin story. If you like what you just heard, leave us a review, subscribe, and share with a friend. You guys, check this out. They're going to love it. You're going to love it.